Hello, we are in no means experts on any of the topics we are about to discuss. We are, however, lifelong friends, along with a slew of guests we will have joining us. There's nothing we love to do more than to voice our opinions on multiple topics. Some of you will agree with us, some of you won't. We can honestly not care either way. We just hope that you enjoy the banter. So, without further ado, we encourage you to sit back, relax, and welcome to the chat. I'm your host, Mike McCall, with my ever-so-lovely co-host, Jared Trudeau. Hello, What's hello, up? hello. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, today, no guests, just me and Treads talking about, honestly, the I would say the topic that birthed our friendship. That's that's fair. We are talking basketball. Treads and I went to different ele- uh, elementary and middle school in our hometown. And then Mm -hmm. it wasn't until freshman year of high school where we finally joined up on the basketball team that year where we sucked. (laughs) We were so bad. So bad. (laughs) I I know we won at least a game, but I don't know how many we won. I don't. I just remember it was it wasn't pretty, but no, many of things sparked from that year. Chris was on that team. Yeah, was a yeah, Chris. Chris was, uh, my friendships with you and Chris started that year for basketball. And even still with Chris, we didn't really like start hanging out until J- we started uh, the summer camps going into J- in the junior, sophomore year, sophomore year. Oh, yeah, that's fair. Because Chris hated me freshman year <laughs> because I have some random from Bothwell who wasn't very good at basketball. And it wasn't until we started hanging out and spending more time uh, on the summer in the summer camps and stuff where he realized I actually at least knew basketball. Uh, <laughs> if I couldn't physically do it, so he at least respected that I knew if it. I couldn't physically do it, <laughs> dude. It's, it's, that's my curse when it comes to basketball. I know what I'm supposed to do. I'm just not physically capable of doing it, bro. I have one of the time. Outsta- I have one outstanding memory from our youth and playing basketball. It was one time, like, it was at the Y. I have a couple. Uh, there's one just absolute standout. And it was, we were at the Y, and we were playing, like, a horde of kids. Okay. And you airball it <laughs> against all these kids that are half your height. That sounds you accurate. Did little, you did this little arm thing, and you're like, woo. And <laughs> you know, I was just like... I was like, I remember, bro. That's what I did. That's what that, that's what I started doing because I airballed so much because I was I'm so terrible at shooting that I would just <laughs> second out airball. I was like, "Woo, meant to do that." All right, <laughs> play bro, it, try to play I, it. I love it because when I like when I think of you shooting, I think of either an airball or just a break off the backboard. (laughs) (laughs) See, that's, that's also one of my, my core memories of playing basketball was literally (laughs) freshman year. It was one of our, it was one of our early games uh, that we played at home. We lost, but I scored 12 points and I hit a three pointer. Ooh. and a free throw so i was like <laughs> the rest were the rest were transition layups but i hit one three-pointer and i got one free throw and you can attest to the folks at home that don't know my crappy shooting extends to the free throw line so <laughs> that, that in itself was also a miracle Bro, um no. so yeah it was but no i have a couple like the one where uh 
you remember when that uh we were at the tech camp before i wasn't see i didn't i didn't, didn't go i was on the team for the tech camp oh yeah because dahlstrom like dahlstrom hurt got hurt or whatever and so i had to start one of this one of the one of the ga- games i think we were yeah. playing like iron mountain or ironwood or something like that and they uh-huh. got they stole the ball and i was back uh in transition and their like starting middle linebacker from their football team was the one coming down the court <laughs> and i just go and eat this charge and just smack my head off the hardwood get up felt like my nose was starting to bleed go to like wipe my nose oh, no. and all it was was clear like it was clear liquid coming dripping oh. from my nose and i'm just like what the fuck is this and like we were like hold up so dostrom literally had to like escort me <laughs> because they were terrified so they had dostrom escort me to the like nurse or the medic or whoever whatever you title you want to give them and it was like yeah it looks like it's probably spinal fluid i'm like oh awesome all right spinal fluid. <laughs> yeah that was oh like my, my one and only start in all of high school basketball and it came from a summer camp oh man and, <laughs> and i had to leave yeah. yeah and i had to leave early uh Jeez. yeah uh not to mention was that like the playing you i remember there was one time playing you in peef in peef ball like you guys were were just giving me so much shit rightfully so (laughs) (laughs) like like that's that was the nature of our friendship back then was like i was the one that just caught all the shit especially when we started playing basketball (laughs) (laughs) so so i remember and then like i just remember one game i just started popping off like i was actually hitting jumpers i was getting to the lane finishing finishing at the rim doing all this cool shit and I was just livid, and you guys started giving me more shit for the fact, like, you can only play well when you're pissed off, you fucking pussy. And I'm like, oh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, you were guarding me. That's what. That's why I remember it so well, is because, like, you normally shut me down because you <laughs> defense was your was your forte, and so usually, oh, like, yeah. usually you would always have me because you knew I didn't have that strong of a left hand. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, you and Chris would always play the best defense against me, just because yeah. Chris is six five, and then uh, yeah, <laughs> you were just like Dahlstrom was, was a good. Dog. Dahlstrom was good against me too because he was so fast and small. But like I could bully him if I could get to the block. You I couldn't bully yeah. down at the block, and you were fast and you were way stronger than me and Dahlstrom. So I was like, and even Chris. So I was like, I've, you were the most physical defender I ever had to play against because Chris just relied on his length and just swatted my all the time. <laughs> I was so physical. <laughs> you, I were, was, you were the reason, like, you were our team's enforcer, and you were and you were also the number one shit talker on our team. And I can't. Oh, what no. was it? Was it Kingsford or was it uh, Gladstone that we almost got into a fight because okay. of you? Both. Both probably. <laughs> I feel like we were almost in a fight in like every single game we played because the like you and Cody, you and Cody both. <laughs> yeah, like such mad shit. <laughs> oh, bro. To everyone, like we're our team's getting destroyed by like twenty points, but you and you and Cody were still out there just giving them the business and talking mad shit and would not shut up. Oh, oh yeah, always, bro. Always. It was it was, it was your superpower. <laughs> I was I was just so aggressive. Like it was, 
I don't even know. I was just so aggressive. But it was like, I wasn't like, like I, I would say the best way to describe it is I was like a football player playing basketball. But I was also like, I didn't look like it because like I played basketball well enough. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Like I had the aggressiveness. Uh, yeah. Like I knew what I was player, doing. But you knew what you were doing with it. Yeah. <laughs> that would be the best way I could describe yeah. it. Yeah. It was beautiful. <laughs> so. Yes. And I uh, didn't give a shit. I was just a dog. I, th- I was, I was oh, oh, back was then, it? I just what gave zero fucks. It was, it was the Westwood game. I remember that pissed me off more than anything. Because again, we were getting like blown out against Westwood. And uh, they tried, and I don't even remember what our co- coach's name was, but he tried to sub you out. And you were like, Fuck no. <laughs> no, it was on the bench. It was on the bench. He was trying to. It was to... when we were playing Gladstone. And it was, was when it I almost got. Uh, yeah, when that kid, that kid punched me. Yeah, and I just I... remember that like he came over to talk to you on the bench. And you you were like, fuck no. Or like, get the fuck away from me. And he goes and puts you in. <laughs> Anyways, And then like, he goes to sub me out again. I was not a starter at all. Um, And so like, I I. There's a little bit of play time that I get is in the garbage <laughs> minutes and he goes to sub me out. I'm like, really? And he just like gives me this stern look and he's just like, get on the bench. I'm like, all I said is really, you tell him to go fuck himself. And he's just like, yeah, get back out there. I was like, bro, what the fuck? <laughs> bro, that happened a couple times because that happened in Kingsford too. The yeah, last you, game of the season. Yeah, you and Cody both like. You talked so that much. That Gladstone shit. game, me and Cody in unison told him to go fuck himself. Yeah, you guys talked <laughs> so much shit, but he just kept putting you in. I was just, I was sitting there being the good little, good little bench player and just <laughs> fuck, fucked on. Bro, me, but me, Dahlstrom, and Cody, because remember, Dahlstrom benched himself. And Bro, like, <laughs> what was that? Oh, no, no, no. What was the game Dahlstrom died in? Oh, he got screened. He got that, so yeah, hard. he got he got screened because he was doing a full court press, and he came oh up and just God. got railed by their center at like center court. This one, he was a little, he was tiny. Then, yeah, too. it was tiny. Freshman year, he was maybe four four nine. Yeah, so it's just this little kid getting worked. And he had that long blonde hair, like a tool. <laughs> I just remember him hitting a brick wall. That was the other and, team, and player. just dropped and did not get back up. I was like, holy mm. fuck. I think that was the game I had the most playing time because he he died. Literally did not come back for the rest of the game. Damn. No, the Kingsford the Kingsford game. That was the one where my mom almost got in a fight in the stands too. I remember that. I remember hearing <laughs> that from the bench. Like her, her. Yeah. Well, that's because me and her. So me and the one kid that was like two feet taller than me. I like me and Chris were set to guard him because me and Chris always guarded the best player. Yep. And so I think Chris was like taking a break. So I was guarding him and I was, we were in the paint and literally we were just going like elbowing each other and like just straight up shoving each other. And the rest were telling us to settle down and like all this stuff. And I guess the one, the kid's mom was in the stands like yelling, like telling them punching me and stuff. So my mom went over there and was like, that's my son. And like confronted her. In the 
Oh. And I'm, so me and the kid are getting in a fight pretty much on the on the floor, and then our parents are in this. <laughs> Bro, yeah. And for all the all the people that are wondering, it's like you guys are talking about freshman year a lot. Yeah, it's because, uh, what we both played freshman year, and then you didn't make JV, and then I quit JV like two thirds through the season. Yeah. In yeah. retrospect, I'm glad I didn't make it. Because I probably wouldn't have played because Joe Joe was my coach in middle school yeah. and knew how my attitude was. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, <laughs> I still think that that's exactly why you didn't make the team in the first place. Because you absolutely should have. Like, even Statistically, with... Statistically, like, in, like, like when they'd have us count our shots and, like, do all this stuff, I was right there with Chris. I was just a little bit out of shape, which wouldn't have taken long to get back in shape. Yeah, I honestly, but, though, yeah. like, with the people that did make that team, and even with pulling up uh, Nyquist, which rightfully so, that kid was amazing. Oh, yeah, he was really good. Uh, which is one of the reasons why I sunk even further to the bench. <laughs> <laughs> but again, I can't blame them because incredible. And so, yeah. Yeah. In retrospect, though, I actually regret quitting because I still think that I make varsity as like the ultimate bench player i i was confident that i could have done it uh at least me and at least junior at least junior year like senior year with like larry and all them i yeah no way no way i make it but at least junior year i think i could have and i really wish i would have tried to stuck with it just because like there's something about basket the atmosphere of like being on the on a basketball bench like i played like i still played soccer and i was still like a key contributor on my soccer team and everything and i was one of the better players on my soccer team uh it wasn't like varsity or anything but i was i i mean i got offered to go to varsity but i decided to stay and play where i would have actually played my senior year because yeah, that's right. all I wanted to do. I just wanted to play. Uh, yeah. And so like I just but as much as I loved the guys that I friends I had in soccer and everything, it's just not the same as it is in like basketball practice and on the bench of games. Even if you don't play, you're still like you're still there. You're still like right in front of everything and it's just so much fun. Oh yeah, I love I love basketball. Like I love being on the floor. And I love like, I just love playing defense and talking shit. That's what I yeah. just love. And yeah. so like, I especially just, I love that aspect. Oh yeah. I mean, we did we did plenty of that though in the student section. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I was right but on the floor me, pretty much in the me, student section. Me, you, Jared, go. <laughs> we all we we talked some oh, yeah. some some mean shit. I mean, mainly you and Jared. <laughs> I was just there, like I was. I was there being the hype man, just like yeah, yeah, because I'm not creative <laughs> enough when it comes to talking shit. So, I've I've lost it because I don't do it as much anymore. But man, I I had hockey player chirps, man. Like, oh I yeah, you did. Player. <laughs> like, player chirps. That's the best way to describe that. Okay, uh, 15 minutes of reminiscing seems pretty good for for a that's number. Adequate. Yeah. Um, put a pin in it. Re- come yeah. back to it. Like, maybe when we get, like, <laughs> if we can get Dax and Chris on here as well, and even Dahlstrom, 
I'm sure Dahlstrom would oh, love bro, to jump in at least to reminisce Dahlstrom. about basketball. That so. would be perfect. Cause me, bro, me and Dahlstrom used to play at the... We, you guys, we, Father Marquette would twos, steal bro. Dahlstrom away from us for all of our like summer oh, tournaments. Yeah. Like, the, pri- <laughs> the private Catholic school would literally poach our best player <laughs> to come and play for them. He loved it, bro. Yeah, he, he loved, loved it because he was... Won. Cause he, and, like, honestly, who would it? Like, you guys were winning, and you were a good team without him, and yet you guys still every year went out and like got him to play for you guys, and he was our <laughs> best player. Like he was literally being recruited every summer yeah, for every dude. single like su- summer tournament or anything like that. He legitimately was being I recruited. So t- who wouldn't enjoy that? I remember whenever I'd see him, I'd be like, "You playing with us again?" And he's like, "Yeah." I was like, "Bet." <laughs> Ugh. Like, and that was the that was the period of time where like me and me and Ryan were like best friends that around that time period. Like in middle school, like we when we started playing on both like Bothwell's basketball team together, those three years. That's where we mm-hmm. became like best friends and like so every single time I just every single time you would tell me I was just like, So you're abandoning me again. Awesome. <laughs> for a bunch of for a bunch of dweebs that I knew nothing about outside of they always kicked our ass in fucking basketball. <laughs> Except we were really good at basketball. Yeah, it was like great. Come on, man. <laughs> Uh, we, bro, it's funny because it's the uh, varsity team. Our senior year was like a ninety percent Father Marquette kid. <laughs> yeah, I don't like you guys. Just had well, I mean, as a Bothell kid, our coaching, like looking back, our coaching was terrible in middle school and coming up. Plus, yeah, we had not to mention coaching. we didn't have like organized basketball until middle school. And even then, it wasn't even until like seventh grade, like because we because Bothwell had sixth, seventh, and eighth in it, but like sixth grade, it was literally just like essentially an intramural team, and then seventh and eighth was finally where it was like actually organized, and the coaching yeah, was not that great. And you guys were playing since like elementary school because you were in, all in a private school yeah, together. We, yeah, we played forever. Yeah, and we had, we just had a lot of talent too. <laughs> a lot of talent, way better coaching. Like oh bro, we had hard. we had coaches come in all the time too. Like we had uh Geary come in all the time. We had yeah. uh what's his what's his nuts, the old state coach or whatever. I, Duke or Gordy Leduc. Gordy Leduc. I have all I know is like it was hard he to came compete. And coach us a lot. Because I remember like when like Pap was one of those guys where he's like, I don't remember him being that great in middle school. And then, like, but oh, he, he was he loved basketball and he kept busting, but like he got better. And like, what freshman oh, year? Yeah, I mean, sh- freshman year, him was it him and Trevor got pulled up to JV, and then our JV year, yep, Pap got pulled up to varsity. So we never actually got to see what our class really. Bro, freshman been. year, if we had Pap and Havikin, we would have been so much better. I mean, I would have never seen the floor, but if we would have been winning games, I would have been okay with it. Oh, we would have been winning games because it was, again, a lot of, I feel, no, not a lot. I think it was me, Chris, uh, Frazier. Uh, AJ. I'm trying to think of who else. AJ, yeah, on freshman that was. Jared Jago also Canada. played freshman. And then I know Danny played, but I can't remember if he played freshman or JV. JV. I think it was JV. Yeah, he, yeah, he made it JV. Oh, and then Oja. Can't forget OG. Oh, <laughs> oh. bro. <laughs> that kid. 
Yeah. Oh, I forget him. I mean, yeah, he was fun to have around, though. Yeah, some some interesting stories. <laughs> <laughs> some interesting memories. All right, we went we went five minutes longer that on that. All right, ah, for real, the actual brass tacks of what this episode is. We're 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 having our first NBA check in. So we had we're we had our our preseason <sighs> discussion, but now we're doing our our NBA check in here. Um, and I don't remember what I said, like as far as who's going to be good or not. Like I know I had I don't remember high praise for Donovan and Cl- and Cleveland. This is actually a good segue because Cleveland's one of the teams that I wanted to highlight. Like I remember I said that yeah, I thought Donovan. I really I I I said that I felt like Donovan was going to just because I made that whole like talk about how like the way basketball's played and like how everyone's playing with different AAU teams as they're coming up and bouncing around all over the yeah. place that that whole like finding synergy yeah, or chemistry or however you want to say it with new teammates doesn't take that long and Donovan Mitchell has come in Cleveland's number two well tied at two technically I guess because uh, Boston and them are both at eight and three but mm-hmm. uh, Cleveland's beat us twice so that's why they do have the the tiebreaker there but like and Donovan Mitchell is the is an MVP can I know it's super early like we're I think we're just under He's playing well. I think we're just under a month in, but yeah, Donovan yeah, is Donovan's averaging thirty-two points a game on fifty-one percent shooting and forty-five percent from deep, and he's shooting six free throws a game. He has the and highest even, point yeah. out, or the third highest point average. Yeah, like it's he's. Putting up MVP numbers on his new team and it's showing. And like I said, that team just melded in perfectly. Yeah. Uh, and well, we, I, I do remember us talking about how they had a lot of good, like individual talent. I wouldn't even say they were good individual. Like, like, yeah, they did have good. We did talk about them having good individual talent, but like you saw the way that they played last year without donovan like they played team basketball like they moved the ball yeah um you never knew who was gonna you really didn't know who was gonna kill you when you faced them until it was already too late so like they i do like you try to key in on garland but you you key too much on garland especially in like a pick and roll all of a sudden you have evan mobley and jared allen run into the rim freely yeah i i remember you saying your biggest concern was like donovan mitchell's defense yeah which honestly i i wouldn't say i don't think i i wouldn't say that he's like become this great defender overnight but the team defense that is played in cleveland is really just impeccable like it's making up even any deficiencies he does have like i because you gotta remember darius garland's not a great defender either and they were already a top 10 team with evan mobley last year yeah so i like, remember you saying that it's so like that's not You're the saying worst. like the perimeter d was like a, a big concern yeah i remember me and chris being like well they got jared allen down there yeah uh, when you have they two seven me. footers that are stout rim protectors um, it's, it's hard to argue with regardless of what you're, uh, think, but 
I'm looking at their at their stats right now. Like they're hover. They're not completely top ten. Well, defensively, mm-hmm. they're they're the they're the eighth in defensive scoring. They won't as they're only averaging 107 points per game for the opponents. <laughs> but they're average. They're averaging. They're scoring 116, and their opponents are scoring one set 107 on average. So like Dang. the defense is there and like in today's NBA, like you hear 107 and even like, and even like I, seven years ago, seven years to a decade ago, like the like good defenses were like great defenses were holding them to like the low nineties. And now already yeah, we're just I, like, <laughs> that's why I chuckled. Cause I was like, man, that's so much different than what it used to be. Yeah. Yeah. Like they're the eighth best defense in terms of points they give up and they're still giving up 107 <laughs> wow you get a lot of more three-pointers that's what that comes down to yeah yeah a lot more three-pointers <laughs> than the fact that teams are shooting the ball at about 40 something percent quicker quicker too yeah like they're taking i don't even have that number those numbers pulled out in front of me but like they're taking they got to be taking somewhat more of like 40 to like 20 somewhere between like 30 and 43s a game and they're hitting 40 percent of them so it's a lot of points it's a lot of points indeed but let's see the uh where's the three point oh my god they're okay they have it broken down to foot on nba.com in terms of shooting Uh. my god okay but like the Atlanta Hawks, from 25 to 29 feet, they're le- the Atlanta Hawks. Oh, they're not even leading. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Let me pull up. Okay. The Indiana Pacers are leading in field, goal, uh-huh. in field goals attempts from 25 to 29 feet. They're shooting it 28 times from 30 feet. Oh, my God. Golden, <laughs> Golden State and Houston and Boston are at 27. Milwaukee's at 26. And, like, they're shooting it. Like the Nuggets are shooting or have the highest percentage from that distance at 41%, which I mean, even Memphis at 39, that's still really high. As long as you're, when it comes to three point shooting, especially at 30 feet, you hovering anywhere around 40, you're doing all right for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Bro, I'm, I'm just looking at these standings right now, though, and I'm, I haven't really looked before this, and I am shocked. By yeah. <laughs> so there's another transition, uh, nice little segue here the, to another team that I need to discuss. So everyone has been dubbing this year already the the tank for Victor, like it's Victor Wembanyama, <laughs> the absolute stud, and the Utah Jazz were in prime position to begin that tank, traded away their two faces of the franchise for. Pretty much not a lot in terms of actual like player get back. Like to me, realistically, they only got three players back in those in those deals. Obviously, four because even though they don't have Beverly, they still swapped Beverly to get Kalen Horton Tucker, and he's playing a factor in their in their play right now. But if you're looking at like the big three that they got, in my opinion, is Lowry Markinen. Who, by the way, I don't know if you know, but uh, he kind of went goaded. 
No, I'm <laughs> like I'm not even remotely. Let me pull this up real quick. Um because he's averaging like 22 and 9 from a dude who was doing literally nothing. What a beauty. Let me Well, it's funny you say that because I'm playing I'm playing 2K right now uh-huh. and the the team I'm on is the Jazz. <laughs> yeah. Lowry Markkinen is averaging 22.7 points per game. He's shooting 52% from the field, 34 from deep, 88 from the free throw line. He has 9 rebounds and 3 assists and 2 blocks. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Those those are turnovers. One block, one block. But for a dude who played like no defense up until this point, that one block is huge. And that's the other thing. Like, right. like if you watch tape on the Jazz this year, it blows my mind at how well Lowry is playing defense. Like statistically, it's not showing up because, like I said, it's just one block. So like that's nothing super crazy. But yeah, he's got this incredible like. His foot speed has come out of nowhere. He's able to shuffle and staying in front of way faster. He blocked John ja Morant in, <laughs> in the game against the Grizzlies, and like he blocked him because Jaw couldn't get around him. Jaw's one of the fastest attackers literally. of the rim in the NBA, and Lowry literally stayed in front of him, forced him to just go up for a layup, like in front of Lowry, and Lowry being seven foot and Jaw being what six three. Lowry literally just all he had to do was just keep his hands there and the ball literally just smacked him in the forearm. <laughs> and in that game, Lowry had, I think it was four blocks in that Grizzlies Dang. game. Yeah. Like he has his impact. Like statistically, like, yes, it's good numbers, mm-hmm. but his impact this early on anyways should be like, if this was January, Lowry would be an all-star. Now, I Dang. hope it's... Good does for he, him. Does he keep it up? That's yet to be seen. But I've still been waiting for the bubble to burst. I mean, we're only 13 games in for the Jazz. And Bro, they're 10-3. They're 10-3. and, three, they're 10 and three, But, like, <laughs> so there's still plenty of time for the bubble to burst for him if it's going to. But, like, I... Why would you want to? Like, yes, Victor Wimbanyana would be a huge talent, but this Utah Jazz team is reminding me a lot of the post Carmelo Nuggets team. Teams. Um. When you're like you're talking about teams that are consistently either making the playoffs or competing for the playoffs. Like, yeah, they're never gonna scare anyone for actual contention. But like yeah, right. they played it was Ty Lawson, Kenneth Fareed. Uh, Danilo Gallinari, Wilson Chandler. It was just a bunch of no names. That's harsh. It seems harsh to say no names because I mean the Manimal had a good had a good run. Danilo Gallinari is still a super impactful bench player, even though he's got an ACL injury, so he's out for this year. But like there were a bunch yeah. of dudes that no one had a lot of hope for, and right. they just played great team basketball. They played basketball the way it was supposed to. And they were fun. They played above the rim. They shot threes. They played fast paced and they locked people down defensively. What's the name of the dude who put the team together from bot? Like he was with Boston. Danny Ainge. 
Yeah, I saw a meme where it was like a picture of him doing something, and it's like when you accidentally build a super team or something. Like yeah, that. it's it's <laughs> uh, it's like there's a still of him with like this bewildered look on his face staring at the back <laughs> of the head coach who by the way the utah jazz head coach is a former celtics assistant that came over with danny ainge uh and he also Dang. is the youngest coach in the nba and he has a utah jazz team led by lowry Markinen at 10 and 3 right now dang yeah so like, but yeah, it was the bewildered look of him looking at the back of the coach's head, and it's just like, and like all the ones I saw was always like them being on top of the standing. It's just like, <laughs> <laughs> what the hell did I do? Yeah, bro, it's got me so weak. Like, I mean, they're on a four-game win streak right now. Like, I see that they're just like I said, and not even just those Nuggets teams, but also the those uh, post Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, Clippers teams as well. Again. With Danilo Gallinari, but like Lou Williams, Pat Beverly, those teams that were getting to the playoffs with no real star before Paul George and Kawhi got there. Yeah. And Montrez, but they had Montrez, Harold, Danilo. Uh, they were just a fun, again, fun team to watch. And they, they play basketball the way it's supposed to be played, and it makes me happy. Yeah. Was it you who sent me that video of the Spurs passing it a ton and then getting like a good look? Yes, it was me. Like <laughs> they're sitting at five and seven now and they went on a five game losing they've been on a five game losing streak, but they were at five and two and they were they were off at the tops of the little standings again and it was like Pops back, man. <laughs> Pops back. But they're you know what their bubble bursted a little bit. I'm extremely surprised by the Warriors position at four and seven. Bro, honestly, like the there's a lot of things like overall, like looking at up at Philly and Miami and out of the east, out of even yeah, the play in Brooklyn Brooklyn is barely hanging on to a play in spot. Again, it's November, but it's still it's like early, you, you but... expect these teams the teams like you expect time to weed out the good what teams are actually good yeah but to see teams start this slow is still i don't want to say ring the alarm bells but you're sending someone to go stand by it you know what i mean like because <laughs> like, on high alert because we're getting here we're mid-november now and if we get to the Chris, like they have basically until like, I don't want to say, I was about to say they have until about Christmas. That's not fair because Boston started their run last year after New Year's. They're winning right now too. Like, but Boston was, we're about, was about to get written off at the New Year after RJ Barrett hit this ridiculous buzzer beater from basically half court to beat them. <laughs> and everyone's like, okay, Celtics are done this year. And then we became the number one defense in the league and went on a tear in the second from, January 3rd. Yeah, that's that was the date. I remember January 3rd was the turning point for Boston where we became the number one defense and the number one offense and became this number two seed. And it was only we were only the number two seed because we started in such a, a hole that we couldn't dig our out because we even at one point we held the number one seed spot, but we dug ourselves such a hole that all it took was Miami to have one last surge to take over the number ones to retake the one seed. So I don't want to say you ended too in second place. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but like, so I don't, I don't want to say like 
Christmas, but like Christmas is usually the real start to the NBA season. Because I mean, yeah, football's winding Christmas down. Day. Christmas Day, you have your those five games. Uh, the NFL is starting their playoffs. Uh, college football is in bowl season, so like football starts to wind down. Baseball's long gone, done, long gone and done with, and mm-hmm. all there is is hockey and basketball. And so, and basketball takes the forefront in America between those two. Like love hockey, enjoy hockey immensely. Basketball's huge, but basketball is so much bigger, and so like that's the real starting point. But I agree. I get you. You got to start looking at. There's something's going on. Like I know Philly James Harden's been out. I think a decent chunk. I don't know exactly how many games he's been out, but he's been out. He's still the. NBA assist leader right now too. Well, I mean, like, yeah, those are assists per game. I mean, as long yeah. as as like it, 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 once they play enough games, he'll stop counting because it has the games played minimum. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But honestly, I think it's like you have to play like twenty for like the talking like end of the year. You have to play like thirty or forty games to be even to like even be given that stat. Yeah. So I, they just haven't played enough games yet. But yeah, he's still the assist leader. But like, he's hurt. Miami, I have honestly, I don't, I don't know what's going on in Miami. Yeah, why? Are they, I thought I had them. I thought they were going to do really well again. Spolstra is a better coach than this. The roster is better than this. Um, I really like. I'll have to check more in depth on like Tyler Hero stats and stuff like that. But like. Because I know Jimmy Butler had a huge like thirty something point performance like last night to win it in overtime for him. What a beauty! Yeah, he had like th- I think it was like th- I want to say roughly it was like thirty five, twelve, and eight in an yeah. overtime win last night. So yeah, he balled out. So Jimmy's doing Jimmy things. Like, where's Bam? Where's Tyler Hero? Where's Max Struess? Where's all these like guys that? We're so vital Bam to Bam especially. Like yeah, like Bam's gotta gotta do something. And I, I'm saying that not even really like looking at his stats for all I know. He is balling out and I'm just being a dumbass. Plausible. It's plausible, let's be honest. There's a lot of there's <laughs> a lot of players to be paying attention to, and of course if I miss one I'd be Yeah. But anyways. I want to talk about the positive surprises. The positive surprises. <laughs> so, the other positive surprise out of the West is Portland. They're sitting right there, a half game back, nine and three. Bro. They're on a three-game winning streak, and like, I think two of those three wins came on buzzer beaters. Like, dang, Damian Lillard. Like, I see he's making a lot of threes. Like, Dame is. Got this like I a lot of people had Portland written off and really thought that Dame should have left, and I was one of them. I was, I like, was one of them their, as well. Their big acquisition for the offseason was Jeremy Grant. And I love Jeremy Grant. I he's one of my favorite players because he plays basketball the way I like to watch, like I, the way I like to see basketball played. But to me, like I wanted him to go to a contender 
to be like the number three yeah, guy to where he can still be like he can still have his moments to shine offensively but can just fall back on playing defense and running the rim and then get his offense in spurts but no they he got dealt to <laughs> dealt to portland and i thought it was like okay great a waste of dame and a waste of jeremy grant i know i was i was pretty upset as well i was like i was like free dame free uh, well dame <laughs> doesn't want to be free like that's all the reports is that he's all and i i love it like i do him and brad beal both like i respect them because i personally like I love Free the whole, Bradley Beal. I love. <laughs> hey man, the Wizards are in sixth place at six and six. <laughs> Kuzma put up like thirty something points the other day, and he's like, "I've been telling the coach to run the offense through Kuz." No, Kuz, no. <laughs> Get out of here, Kuz. No, you're not doing that. But um, but no, like those. I I respect them because I love the player empowerment movement that has taken over the league. But yeah, I wish. It wasn't everyone like everyone is strong arm like everyone's trying to strong arm to get what they want and it's like to a point like yes <laughs> you want to be in a situation that you're comfortable with and you feel confident with but at the end of the day like it would be one thing if it was just all these players are like becoming free agents and then signing contracts elsewhere but like no they're forcing their they're forcing trades and stuff like yeah. that and that part that's <laughs> like that's the difference like player empowerment like you don't feel comfortable like you play your contract for this team that threw a crap ton of money at you and then they don't do enough in that time to make you feel like you can do anything with them boom on to the next cool i get it yeah. but like to consistently enforcing trades unless like there are some extenuating circumstances i get like um Oh, what was it? Like players when the team the team goes young and like they just fall apart and they're going to a full rebuild and they want to trade their star their remaining star so that he can go and have a chance to compete and win something. I I'm okay yeah. with that. But like yeah. the James Harden James Harden's three media days so three media days in a in a row where he had a different jersey on. Like that is, yeah. that's insane. Like that's too yeah, much. That's, like as and, and it's even not like he's a. It's not like he's a below talent player where he's used to bouncing teams. Like he's bouncing teams as a like potential star or like second or first man on a team. Yeah, that's what <laughs> like, like as people can say what they want about LeBron and KD, but at least LeBron and KD played out their contracts literally they have never once forced to trade demand well i can't say demanded to trade anymore because katie tried <laughs> katie did katie tried this offseason but he he set it aside so like but like lebron i i always like that's one thing i've always respected about lebron is that he like if he goes to a team and he signs a contract he plays out that contract he doesn't want to be traded yeah he does like it's and it's one thing like because nowadays that doesn't happen that often especially with someone like lebron the gm yeah <laughs> like even at what what is he 38 now 37 old like even at this at this age he's still a top 10 player in the league and there would be multiple teams that would be willing to trade i don't i wouldn't say trade draft picks for him but they would trade younger i feel like they'd be more than willing to trade some younger talent for him oh definitely 
Like, so it's like there's people that would definitely give a hefty price for him. Well, I mean, that's what the Lakers did. They got rid of Brandon Ingram. They got rid of for Anthony Davis. That was a yeah. I mean, in hindsight, I, I don't even want to say in hi- hindsight. The Lakers organization was killing Lonzo. Was killing all of those young guys. Oh yeah, because of the pressure of wearing that Lakers uniform. Yep. <laughs> but like, if you look at every single one of those young Lakers, not even just the ones involved, not even the ones just involved in the Anthony Davis trade, but like, look at the ones that were even traded to Cleveland earlier before the, before while LeBron was still there. Jordan Clarkson is one Sixth Man of the Year, one of the best, most explosive offensive players on the Jazz. He's on the Jazz. <laughs> He's starting now because of Donovan them moving on, and he has also be like. Bursted onto the scene as well. Like I, I, I know I was praising Lowry hard, but like all of a sudden you have Jordan Clarkson, who's he's averaging I want to say north of twenty as well, and then he's also he bumped his assist average to up to like five a game, which it was normally sitting around two or three. Like that's a Man. huge jump, and especially since he's thirty, he's thirty now. If you don't remember that, like he's I say he was one of the young guys, oh. but he's thirty now. I mean, he was at the time. I mean, him. You had D'Lo too. Yeah. He was like, D'Lo went became a All Star in Brooklyn. Uh, led that team to to a playoff run, and then they let disaster strike and broke it all up. That really irritated <laughs> me. Like, I get it. You have a chance at Kevin Durant and Kyrie, of course. Why wouldn't you take <clears> it? <throat> Yeah, but like that was just such a that Brooklyn team was so fun to watch, and they and they ruined it. And then on top of it, they fired Kenny Atkinson, who was a terrific coach. But now he's like terrified to go coach anywhere else because he had a job with Charlotte, and then he backed out. To Got st- rid of him for no, it, Steve Nash. Now he ain't even the coach. Yeah, but like, the, like Kenny Atkinson though is one of the better coaches in the league, and I know it's probably not true, but I'm just gonna say this as the person who has no personal contact with Kenny Atkinson or anyone <laughs> remotely close to him. But from my perspective, I see him get offered the head coaching job at Charlotte and then he agreed to it. And then when it came to put pen to paper, he basically just like Brooklyn scarred him so much that he literally was just like, Nope, never mind," And ran back to hide behind Steve Kerr on the golden state bench. Like he is Damn. too good of a coach to be an assistant, to be an assistant. Or- and it's a lot like that. His his situation also was very closely reminding me of Dave Yeager. I don't even know if you remember that who that dude is as a coach. Mm-mm. He was coach for the Grizzlies for a little bit um, during the tail end of the grit and grind. Uh, but he got fired from Grizz from Memphis, which it was fine. Like it was his system had run its course. It was when they went to that started their whole rebuild or revamping. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they trade Marcus Gasol, I think it was like the year, either the year after, the year following the Gasol trade to Toronto, or it was bef- even before that. But they fired him. But he goes and takes on a head coaching job in Sacramento. Has the Kings on the cusp of the playoffs? Like I'm talking, it was the they had the the best record the Sacramento Kings franchise has had since Vlade Divac was a player for him. And now he's the president of basketball operations. But it was their best record in, in like 
15 years and they fired him for Luke Walton. Gross. Like his one year. I j- by the way, it was one year I, in Sacramento. I Sac- don't like Luke Walton at all. It was one year and he's had one year in Sacramento where he brought them with De'Aaron Fox and everything. They were a fun, fast, athletic team. I did enjoy that team. And like they competed and they were so close. Like I honestly, they only slid out of the playoffs if I remember correctly. Roughly in the last like two to three weeks, maybe the last month. But like they were there down to the wire to like have a chance to make the to break their their playoff drought. And yeah, I enjoyed that. After that season, they fired him and brought in Luke Walton. And now look where the Kings are still at. Luke Walton fucking sucks. I despise Luke Walton. Well, I mean, he played for the Lakers against the Celtics. And so I was coach the Lakers, bro. Yeah, well, he was a terrible coach and did a dog shit job. He's a terrible coach. Like, I don't like. I don't want to say he's a terrible coach because he knows more basketball no, than, than I do, but uh, mm, mm, he's uh, not good <laughs> enough. As a, he's not good enough as a head coach, and it's been proven. No, like he's there's yeah. a reason why he's not coaching anymore. Or if he Didn't is, he coach with LeBron like one year, and LeBron was like, "Get him the fuck out." Of yeah, here. that first year where they missed the playoffs, I'm fairly certain Luke Walton was the coach. Yeah, but yeah, some of these coaching decisions, like they, like. Brooklyn almost not signing Jacques Vaughn as their head coach because Jacques Vaughn is also a terrific head coach and absolutely should have been like, I know that they were the, cause it was the whole talks with, uh, Yudoka. Yeah. And like, it looked like it was almost like it, it looked like I it thought was, it was going to happen. It looked like such a sure thing. I thought it already happened. Like the way like Woj was reporting and everything. I thought that they already had the deal and they signed it and it was just like, Basically well, I mean, waiting. why not? He took the Celtics to the finals last yeah. year. So, like that, like, like why not try and get a finals coach? And then all of a <laughs> sudden, I just couldn't keep Chris Pecker in his pants. Like all of a sudden, I see <laughs> on my Instagram feed, like boom, they're hiring Jacques Vaughn as their full time coach because he was their interim. I'm like, good, because yeah, like still not knowing everything that happened with Yudoka, I still kind of want Yudoka back as our head coach, unless it was like, again, unless I missed something. Bro, and didn't they, didn't I send you something saying that? Like, it's pretty much permanent. Like he's not, I, I don't remember if he did, but like, all I know is I have, I don't remember seeing anything more of what his interaction was with, with her. Um, so like, but I just I don't. I, he's such a good coach, and as long as yeah, it like as long as long as it was like a consensual relationship that was just a relationship that happened uh, between coworkers that the organization has a rule against, which like that's the it's the organization's right to have that rule against and have it in place. <laughs> so like yeah, he should be punished for breaking that rule. But if it was a consensual thing, it's like punish him, but then let him come back. Because he's too yeah, great, bro, he's I, too great of a coach. But if it was something other than God, that, sure, something. be done with him. I, yeah, I swear to God, I saw something where they said like they didn't want to fire him, like just because like they didn't like want the shit that comes with that. Well, technically, we so, can like, trade him. Well, yeah, I think like they didn't want to like be. Yeah, they didn't want to fire him. So I think that, like, I'm pretty sure I saw something that said that they did that, but, like, he's never going to coach for them again. Mm. Like, I mean, I swear. Joe Mazzula, uh is doing a good job, which, I mean, 
like I'm happy that he's doing a good job and like I don't hate well, yeah, the guy. In third place. Yeah, yeah, we're eight and three, and the only reason we're not in second place is because Cleveland beat us both times and it took like godlike performances from Donovan and Karis Levert to beat us both times. Well they're on a four game win streak, it looks like the Celtics. Yeah. And they're winning right now against Denver. Yeah. So like and Tatum is also in like has a emerged as the as an MVP leader. Cause I don't know about that, bro. He's not a leader in any of these stats. Uh, dude, Jason Tatum is r- still averaging over 30 points a game, right at 50% field goal percentage, just under 40% from three. And he's averaging seven rebounds and four assists with a block and a half and a steal. I mean, if they base it just on stats and like how high they are and stuff, I'd say that Donovan Mitchell has a better chance than him right now. I I say that. Uh, so for me, like the way I've always or Steph, oh Steph Curry too. When it comes no, because when it comes and Luca, when it comes Ooh. to MVP, when it comes to MVP, I will always be a firm believer. I don't care what your numbers say. <laughs> I'm I'm a firm believer. Like. Is your team winning? Period. Yeah. Like, that's, does that's your numbers true. affect winning? Steph putting up numbers. Golden State's not winning right now. Luca putting up numbers. The Mavs are where? They're right at seven. So okay, sure, but six and five. They're not. They're bad. not bad. Like that's not that bad for right now. That's not that bad for right now. So there are. So he's he's got a chance. But like to me, because it was that whole debate when Giannis beat out Harden when Harden like finished that season where he averaged like what 36 points a game that year something crazy like that and Giannis beat him out I'm like yeah a Giannis has a complete game he plays because he was also a finalist for defensive player of the year that year so he was you're you're looking at a dude who literally just puts the ball and like yeah he does all these stats but the Rockets that year were way down in the standings Milwaukee was like the number one seed and and Giannis was a defensive player of the year candidate I think he only lost out to Rudy Gobert that year because it was the year after it was the year that he didn't win MVP where he won defensive player of the year yeah no he did win them both in one year fuck I can't remember but either way like to me total Total package plus winning is always going to be better than ungodly, like uh, empty stats, which is why people always look like, and that goes back to like the beginning of basketball. Like Wilt Chamberlain and Bill Russell. Wilt Chamberlain put up all the points in the world. Literally. There's not a, I like, everyone knows his 100 point game. Um, his seasons where he averaged 50 points per game and he was still at, and on top of that, he was also averaging like 20 something rebounds a game. Like he, cause they didn't have offensive interference or goaltending rules yet. Yeah. Goaltending. Wasn't, but Bill, they made goaltending because of him. Yeah. But Bill Russell was still right there with him and Bill Russell's teams were winning f- championships and Bill Russell was winning MVPs and, and everything like that. While Wilt wasn't. Yeah. So winning, true. winning matters, and it so always will. Donovan Mitchell's got to be. Yes, <laughs> I'm not saying I'm not saying that Jason's gonna that that JT's gonna win it, but I'm just saying like if it comes down to like if the Mavs can't climb to like a top to me, 
if your team, unless you're doing ungodly stats and you're still a playoff team, if you're not in the top four, if you have like this, if you have similar stats to other people and your teams might be in the playoffs, but they're the other players' teams is in the top four, the dude that has the team in the top four gets the nut, gets the nod, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. Like it, like it's one thing, like if you're in the playoffs, ungodly stats, there's no reason why you shouldn't. Like you should get it if you're as long as you make the playoffs, but if yeah you have similar stats like that, then it's got to be then to me it's got to be that and even and again like Houston that Houston team what for the we, year James Harden said like they were they made the playoffs and everything but like Milwaukee was just that much better. Yeah, what did we uh, say? Like, how did we predict the Celtics were going to come out? Did you say they were going to come out hot and then like fizzle out? I don't remember. Or what did I would have to go. I don't remember either. We really need to get better on like re when we're doing our like check-in episodes. We really need to get better of <laughs> going back to to watching or listening. Sorry, listening to what we said so we could talk about it. Like, because I just want to talk basketball, and I don't even remember a lot of the stuff that I said in the last episode. But I just me neither. I love basketball. I love talking about basketball. I don't get to do it enough uh, anymore because at least when it's a slow, it's a slow year for me. Yeah, like this Personally. is. Oh, I don't have. I don't have the that. Lakers are doing dog shit. So well, like, I don't have the military money where I could afford league pass. So I don't even have league pass. So I'm not even watching nearly as many games as I usually do. Like normally, I get a few. I've got league pass. I've been. I've had league pass literally like the last six years, and I've watched. Like, pretty much, if me and Willie weren't doing something, and I was off on my own, I was watching. I had an NBA game on. Yeah. But rightfully so. Yeah, but now it's ugh. I'm barely I'm barely even cutting the time out to like catch the games on TV. I'm just like getting the oh, highlights. I'm just getting highlights and keeping up with stats and storylines and stuff like that, which I hate. You can bet because I, I want I, <laughs> I love basketball. I want to watch it. I know. Like I watch when I had my like stream smart and I had every game. I would watch a lot of Lakers games, but. Now I don't really, and like I just kind of. Well, one, they're not; they're doing shitty. Well, but. they're messing up. They're mess. <laughs> they like they like. Let's, I'm, I'm going to start my berate of the Lakers here. Well, hold on. Like it's <laughs> not. It's not actually say. anything super bad against the players. I've like my issue with the Lakers is everything else. It's not the players' fault that the GM who shouldn't be the GM. Or sorry, no. president of basketball operations, who shouldn't be in that position, put together a team of players who historically cannot shoot, and put there's toge- no three pointer on that team to put together a team that forces Anthony Davis to play the five, who has literally spent his entire career saying how he doesn't like the five. In fact, he just even came out like a few days ago criticizing the fact that he he his impact on defense is belittled by playing the five because what he's so good at defensively and what everyone like what made him the study was at Kentucky for that year and the borderline defensive player of the year candidate every other year he's been in the NBA is because he plays the four well in NBA you're running pick and rolls with the five man so and all of a sudden that leaves Anthony Davis who is a freak athlete and super long coming from the weak side rotating in onto the pick and rolls and stuff like that to get blocks and swats and challenge at the rim. But now he's tangled up 
he even said so himself like this is literally like it's not an exact quote but this is exactly what he was he's he was saying it's like now i'm now he's stuck in the pick and roll action and there there's not another anthony davis on the floor to come in from the weak side so they're just yeah. getting torched and anthony davis like it doesn't like he his impact on the on the defensive end is just bottomed out and it's <laughs> and it's ridiculous because he even pointed out like look at his best years with the lakers is the year they won the title uh, I, honestly sadly that's pretty much it because he hasn't been healthy yeah, he hasn't only. been healthy enough but like he had javel mcgee and dwight howard yeah he wasn't the big man in that team like he was that's where he could go he was up a big four he could go to the four and even even calling him a big four i don't like the way he shoots the ball the way he handles the ball well, yeah, he had that buzzer beater three to keep him alive in the playoffs. Yeah, against the Nuggets. The yeah. But, like, he's way too talented. Like, I know that you want to play small and everything. It's like, bro, you have no shooters on the floor anyways. Yeah. So, like, at least put him in a position where he can shine. At least defensively. Yeah. Like, put get go find another big man. Like... Well, mm-hmm. there are plenty of decent big men still around in free agency. I think Cody Zeller is well, still available. Turned, Cody Zeller they could have got Dwight Howard. Even Dwight Howard would have at least kept his own a little bit. Well, like honestly, I the fact that if I I haven't heard that Cody Zeller got signed, but Cody Zeller would not be the worst fit because he's not a knockdown shooter, but he can maybe not from three, but he can at least like get away from the paint. And go out to like 15 to 18 feet and just give them just yeah. a little bit of breathing room. And we were talking about players like Russ Davis and, uh, and LeBron, like that little bit of sp- that teeny bit of space is all they're going to need. Yeah. So like, I just, I mean, it was bad team building and terrible. Like, I swear to God, if anyone starts blaming any of this on Darvin Ham. Um, he can. I love Darvin Ham as a coach, and like he, every single time I've heard, I've seen any of his mic'd up moments or like any of his interviews, and stuff, he's he's doing everything he can with what he's given, and just what oh, he yeah. was given is shit. Literally, like a lot. Like they have a lot of good players, but it's a well, lot not, of good players yeah. that do the same thing, and none of those things are shooting. And they're all getting play minor injuries and missing games here and there. Yeah, but like LeBron and AD are just swapping, missing games right now. I think they're doing it on purpose. I swear. <laughs> but like, just, whatever. I was telling Krista though earlier, or was it yesterday? I think I was telling her I was like in preparation. I was telling her about the podcast, and what we're gonna do it on, and I was like, I know Mike is gonna talk some shit about the Lakers. I was like, rightfully so. I was like, we suck. I was like, but honestly, I was like, that's the way. That's like how it is being a Lakers fan. You're either the best team in the league or you're the worst. <laughs> like, like, but for me, the I, Lakers are never really like a middle of the road team. I wouldn't say that. Those Kobe, those post Shaq Kobe Bryant years, he carried those teams to being a bottom playoff team, but they were still making the playoffs because of Kobe's greatness. I would count that as Kobe just being good, but the Lakers themselves suck. Well, yeah, I mean his <laughs> his starting lineup those years was literally. Uh, Smush Parker, Sasha Vujicic, 
Kwame Brown, <laughs> Sasha, Sasha Vujicic, Kwame Brown, and I can't even name hey. name a fifth player because I know Lamar came off the bench. Say whatever you want about Sasha, but the man's got two rings. Call correctly, he's got two rings. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sasha's got two. And he beat the Celtics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I will, I will, till my dying breath, I will say if Kendrick Perkins doesn't get suspended for Game Seven, we win Game Seven. <laughs> that's, like I'm like to me like you can say what you want about Kendrick Perkins as a career as a whole but defensively during that run with Boston he was a stud and he could have at least helped slow down Bynum or Gasol so that KG wasn't trying to bounce around between both of them <laughs> bro the NBA was exciting then like like you were saying in the one NBA podcast the NBA is fun and exciting when the Lakers and Celtics are both doing really yeah. good and that and that was the point I was about to reiterate like <laughs> I don't like I will always talk shit on the Lakers because they are the Celtics rivals like it's one of the greatest rivalries in all yeah. sports at least North American sports obviously you have yeah. some soccer rivalries across the pond that are pretty intense and heated and amazing but when it comes to North American sports to me there's it's no competition I know it, I'm a little biased no. because I'm more of a basketball guy than I am anything else but like when it comes to like even in NFL rivalries it was like decades like the Cowboys Niners of the nineties rivals. Sure. But now it's really irrelevant. And then, uh, but like yeah. you're looking at the Celtics who Celtics and the Lakers were competing in the sixties for titles in the seventies for titles <laughs> in the eighties for titles and the two thousands for titles. Like it, there's Literally. no other rivalry in sports that extends decades like that of not just like being, Oh, they're from LA, they're from West Coast. We're from East Coast. Er, like the Knicks and Lakers rivalry is. That's literally all it is. Yeah, literally. But the Celtic like competing for championships in their sport. Yep. Consistently well, they, for they those both decades. Are tied for the most. Yeah. Like <laughs> for those for decades, and it's just like you you don't see it. And honestly, we're not going to see it. Like in even NBA now, it's like everyone's talking about rivalries. Like okay, but it was like those Warriors and those or the Warriors and Cavs teams. Yeah, they were competing, but it's not a rivalry between them. If anything, the, it was LeBron versus Steph and it wasn't yeah. the team. And then even the heat and the Pacers, uh, when LeBron's heat and those Pacers were like facing oh, off every yeah. year, those four years and even the Spurs, the Spurs heat, like not a rivalry. It's just, yeah, they played it back to back finals appearances against each other. It's like, it's just yeah. not the same. As no. Lakers, but like the the team teams like Philly, New York, uh, Boston, L.A., and honestly, that's out of out of the West. It's really the the Lakers are the only ones that it's like they need. To be, I guess maybe Warriors now, but even then, I don't want to say that just because I, it's so. I don't think so. I think a lot of people are grossed out by the Warriors always being good at this point. But even then, like they're more. It's more. I'm talking about the entertainment value of the league. Like obviously, oh. the more good teams you have, the more entertaining the league's going to be. But let's realistically, at most, we're only ever going to have maybe like six to eight legitimate like contenders between both conferences yeah. and the the rest are just like, yeah, like 
you're fun to watch because you play fast pace, you play above the rim, but you're not threatening anyone of those like top teams. No. Like, yeah, you'll win a game too, maybe even force seven games, but that's why I love the NBA seven game series because Oh yeah. Like I know I love people that. are talking about trying to shorten the at least if not well, well like, so this is where I stand. I would rather them short shorten playoff series than start cutting out of the eighty two games. And even then, I still like my whole thing is so the first round of the playoffs is the best of three. Then the second round you do best of five. And then the conference championships and the NBA finals are still best of seven. Like that to mm. me, I feel like I would if that's the way the route they take it, I would be okay with that. I would rather them do that than shorten the 82 game regular season because they've already done so much for the regular season to where it's really not that big of a factor anymore. Like the no, cut way down on there's almost no more double headers. Like it's very rare that teams play back to back nights. They at least will have one night in between well, games now. And not only that, start fucking with stats and like the NBA is a big like. Like we're talking personal to, individual stat like yeah and it's like yeah this dude averaged like 36 points per game like james hard did and it's like yeah but he did it only playing like 60 games and james harden did it yeah, in like, 82 to get in an 82 game season obviously he didn't play all 82 games but you know what i like it's still yeah like he did it because it makes a difference because once you get like so many games played like especially at that high of a number like you have like an like a six or eight point game all of a sudden that 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 average drops by like a full point and a half yeah so like games matter when you get to that and then like it's like even right now like we've been looking we've been bringing up stats all this time it's like there's what okay here where are we at there are seven players averaging over 30 points per game right now <laughs> Shea gilgis alexander is one of them I saw that. He's what, number five? Yeah, he's five at uh, 31.6. But like, what a beauty. I love SGA. But that, he, he's going to drop out of that. He's not going to be able to maintain yeah. that, that average. I'm not saying he's going to plummet. I could see him staying around that like 27, 28 mark. I was going to say high 20s. But even, even Durant and Tate, like, people don't average 30 points per game anymore in this league. Like it happens no. very rarely, and I'm even about to pull it up real quick just to get it. But um, the actual thing, like scoring leaders, leaders in the NBA. That's not what I wanted. That literally brought me to the page I already had pulled up. <laughs> Bro, I Luca's. Almost 34 points per game, bro. That's what beauty. What a beauty. All right. So, average. So, Joel Embiid won the scoring title last year at just averaging 30.6. So, that's already less than the five that I mentioned, the seven that I mentioned, because Kevin Durant's the last one averaging 30, and he's still averaging 30.8. Uh, Damn. The year before that, Okay, the year before that was the, was a bit of an anomaly because you had Steph with 32 and Bradley Beal who balled out that year for Washington with 31. Oh yeah, he, he did. had 31.3. He was getting like 50 point games on the like steadily. But like, still, we're talking <laughs> like like I said, we're at seven players right now, and 
even 2019 to 2020 season, again, this one had three people averaging 30. James Harden's 34, Brad Beal had 30 and a half, and Dame had 30. But like that's three compared to seven. Yeah. And then James Harden in the year the year before that, 36, but then it drops down to Paul George at 28. It's an eight point game, eight points per game difference. Jeez. Which means for like it's not you don't average those kind of points over an 82 game season that often. And so like a lot of these like the only people I realistically seeing staying north of 30 is Luca and Giannis. And that's just the way that the teams are built around them. Like I would, yeah. I would love Tatum to stay above 30, but we have a more complete offensive team than Dallas does. Giannis, I could see dropping below 30 just because Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, Javon Carter just blew up for 36 points <laughs> off the bench. Like, like they have other guys too, so I could see him dropping because he doesn't have to do all scoring. Luca, he's gonna have to score thirty points for the Dallas for the Mavs to be competitive, and it's their way that yeah, they're playing. He's gonna, yeah. But like, Tate, no way Tatum stays up there. No way Durant stays up there once Kyrie comes back. Whenever he comes back, SGA, I just he's not. He's still too young. Like, I don't think. Yeah. He's, like that's he's honestly coming out hot. Right that's now. the only thing I have to say. Like Oklahoma City, like they're. Not a great team. Uh, no. Josh Giddy is a great player to run alongside SGA, but I mean, he's not really. He's more of a playmaker than he is a scorer. While SGA is mm-hmm. the scorer. And so it's just like right now, he, yeah, like you said, he just came out hot and firing. So, like, I just. Donovan, again, they, they have too many offensive weapons as well. I see his, I see his dropping to about 28. Most of these players will only drop to about 28, maybe 29 points per game. But like to me, realistically, I think Luca, I think Luca will be the only one that stays above 30 for the season. And then Giannis would be mm-hmm. the second person I would say could finish above 30. But it's I just don't see it a lot. Like, I just I don't see it being more than that. Which right. But that's why I don't like the idea of shortening. Because, like, it's 11 games played. We have seven players averaging over 30. That's, you make a season, I think the most extreme cut I think I've seen is cutting it down to, like, 70 or 71. So, I mean, it's only cutting 10 games out. What's the point at that point? Yeah, like, cut it down to 60. Like, if you're going to cut regular season games for, like, players' health and players' longevity... Like make it count. Yeah. Cause like those 10 games, Literally. those 10, like those 10 games are the first 10 games of the season. Oh, darn. Like we're already at like the first 10 games of the season and we're already talking about, it's like, yeah, all these standings are important and everything, but like, they don't really mean anything cause it's just getting started. But like literally, so you get rid of 10. It doesn't really do anything. Now you get all of a sudden you're cutting down 20 and like, that makes a difference. That makes a difference because everyone always like that's the other reason that people want to short the season is because it's like, well, it puts more importance on every single regular season game. It's like, yeah, but again, 10. We just were talking about how we have freaking M- Minnesota's at five and seven, but they're in the play in Dallas. They ain't even playing, bro. They're just standing there on the court doing nothing. Yeah, like those are 10. We're already 10 games in and these re- these things really don't make a difference but 
again, 20 games to me is where like is where you're really going to factor in like real health like 10 if you're if your only goal is to like for player health and player uh and like to uh elongate or wow i can't even extend extend like careers and stuff sure you could do it with, yeah i know you could do it with 10 games though <laughs> like you could you could accomplish that with 10 games with the way that they've already moved the schedule around sure cutting 10 games if that's your sole purpose 10 games would do it but if your sole purpose is to do that and to put more onus on every regular season game to me it's got to be 20 and i that 20 is too much yeah 20 is too much so just like to me 82 is good if anything i'm okay with shortening the postseason because what the nba finals this year played on until july (laughs) so it's uh yeah so like it's it's late in the year like i don't remember it ever getting like i don't remember it being that late even like the 2008 when boston won i swear that season that's that that series like boston had won the title within like the first week and a half of june so and that's just part might be around but see that's that's the part like that's where the kicker like with everything that they did to like space out the games in the regular season that's what we're getting hit with on the back end is now all of a sudden the season like we have to make up those days somehow because we're not playing like three games in a row all of a sudden. And so you, like you extend out the season and give more breaks in the game. Something is going to have to give and it's the playoffs going later, but the playoffs go later. And then we had what fe- the feeble worlds this summer. No, it was the euros. It was just the euros. That was this summer. So we had NBA players going playing in the euros like a month after the season ended. And then a month and a half we had training camp starting back up so i was like now like we're yeah you're extending like you're you're giving them more rest in the regular season but now they have no off season no real off season yeah. anyways like the best players i mean the best players usually don't have that much of an off season they'll only take like a mm-hmm. week or two for a vacation and then they go right back to work but like if you're gonna do if you're gonna do a change like that Make it meaningful. Yeah, definitely. And I'd rather them shorten the playoffs than the regular season. That's fair. Yes. But that that's my rant on that. <clears throat> Didn't realize I was going <laughs> to... Sometimes I forget how passionate I am about certain topics in the NBA until I start talking <laughs> about them and I just... Oh, oh. You get heated. Yeah. But I will, like, all that aside... Adam Silver is the best sports commissioner in, in all of sports. Oh, easily. Like easily. Cause he, he listens and interacts with the, with the players takes everything they say into consideration. He interacts and listens to fans. He talks to all the owners. Like he's just so engaged. And a lot of it I know has to do like David Stern set like this grand stage up and showed adam silver like how to do business because david stern was a terrific commissioner whatever conspiracy theories slithery stern what are you talking whatever hey he was a terrific (laughs) what he did for the game of basketball was oh like yes there there are plenty of uh moments where you look back and you're like "Mm, the nba's fixed with david stern 
But <laughs> at the end of the day, it was better for the sport and it was better for the league. And oh yeah, I mean, uh, but now Silver's taking that that foundation that he learned from from Stern. Silver Silver took that, and he's expanding it to the newer age. Like because even before Stern retired, like it really wasn't like adapting to the technology and stuff. And now since Adam Silver's taken over, like the NBA is everywhere now. Like, Oh yeah. It's literally everywhere. The, not to it's mention all those NBA academies and that are scattered around Africa now, uh, to help oh, promote yeah. basketball there. Like, it's just, it's great to watch. And I love Adam Silver for it. Yeah, definitely. He, the league is in a good spot right now. I mean, I could do without the forcing of trades, but you know, we already talked about that. <laughs> no, I. That's 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 my rant, and we we pretty much hit on all the teams that I really wanted to to, to point out. Utah, Portland, who? Cool. Milwaukee. We didn't really talk about Milwaukee. Milwaukee's ten to one, uh, and. It's not very surprising though. I mean, Milwaukee's ever since Giannis reached the level that he's at, they've always just been good and in contention. I'd say. Yeah, but like that's one thing. That's another thing that that irritates me. It, it's not going to be a rant, but it's like when I hear people say that, like, like during that whole feud with him and James Harden when they were competing for those MVPs that Giannis won both of, and everyone's like, and even James Harden himself is like, yeah, I wish I was seven feet tall so I can just run and dunk the ball it's like james <laughs> you know basketball better than that you know that's not what he's doing like Giannis doesn't get the credit sometimes i think of how good he act like he has legitimate skills he's just yeah he's not the best shooter in the world but no you see how he handles the ball you see his uh defensive intuitiveness and he's just always there. He always is going 120%, which is one of the reasons why so oh, many definitely. people love Giannis is because he's a two-time MVP, a finals champion, a finals MVP, of an NBA champion, all that. And he's still, like, in game one of the season, he's still going and diving off their balls and running full speed on every play and competing. And it's magnificent. He's a dog. He is. And it's like, like he has so much talent and just gets overlooked because his best attribute is his athleticism and his physical gifts. And of course, any good player is going to take is going to take advantage of any like of any take advantage of any advantage that they have. And his advantage is how freakishly athletic and how freakishly long he is, but he still has the skills that goes along with it. <laughs> Like he's improved his free oh, yeah. throw shooting. His he's still I wouldn't like worry about guarding him at the three point line, but like he's starting to hit him more slightly more consistently consistently. Like he's getting a more consistent mm-hmm. he definitely has a more consistent mid range game. He's got handles, he's got a great vision with the ball, he's a terrific passer for someone who's seven feet. I was like, give him a break, man. <laughs> like, he does everything that you could possibly hope for a basketball player except for shoot a, shoot the three consistently. Yeah. And for that, I mean, that and for that, I'll give him a pass. Much. Like if he, if if Giannis was playing in even the Shaq days, like he'd be given a lot more credit than he is now. 
Yeah. Like, he doesn't need to shoot, though, because Milwaukee knows how to build a team. No. A little yeah. shade at the Lakers. They know how to. You got <laughs> Drew Holiday, who's a knockdown shooter. Chris Middleton's a knockdown shooter. Brooke Lopez is a knockdown shooter. Bobby, Lopez, Bobby yeah. Portis can hit jumpers. Wes Matthews is a, is a knockdown jump shooter. Grayson Allen, for as much as people hate him, respect rightfully so, is a knockdown He's jump a shooter. Pat Connaughton's a knockdown jump. Like it's everyone on that entire roster except for the two people named Anadokounmpo are knockdown jump shooters. And that's not even throwing mad shade <laughs> at the Nassus because he's a better three point shooter than Giannis is. But he's like literally, like even their center, like even when your centers are knockdown jump, like three point shooters, it's you don't need, you just need someone who can draw all the attention to the paint, which he does, and then with good pass, yep. with good vision to kick it out. And then after, the, like, because once you get a defense to collapse on you, all it is is just smart, like, all that you need is smart basketball. And 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 willingness to pass the ball, because yeah. you get them to collapse, the kick out, they panic and and collapse to wherever the kick out is, and then it's just one more swing pass, boom, open jumper. Mm. And even if they react to that, or if you have that one defender that actually knows what's coming, and so he's reacting to the swing pass right away, that's still going to be just one more swing pass. You just feed it around the horn, yeah, and you're good. You're like, that's why I love like that's. That's why basketball is great. Like, oh, I just opened my Facebook and I forgot that that game on the uh, aircraft carrier or whatever is happening tonight. Gonzaga and Michigan State. Oh, dude, I'm so happy that they brought that back. I know that's like so that was late. one of the some of the greatest pictures in all of college basketball came from that uh unc state, state game uh, north carolina yeah yeah because what that was back when draymond was on state if i remember correctly yep yeah yep but i'm good with my basketball ranting for the night if you have anything to add i'm good as well no okay i got nothing all right well uh from trudeau and i to the folks at home we thank you for your time uh sorry for our ranting but Honestly, if you're listening to this episode, you've listened to a few more, so this should be what you should expect from us. We ranted enough. (laughs) So you should know, you should come in expecting some rants here and there. Um, But we thank you anyways, and we cannot wait to welcome you to the next chat, guys.